All right. Well, again, welcome to Mission Gathering. Before I jump into my sermon, I have a quick aside to it. So early on in the week is usually when I determine what my sermon is going to be, and then I kind of let it sit and, you know, so that more ideas can come into my head about exactly what I want to preach about. And there's always doubts in my mind about, like, oh, is this the right topic? Should I have picked a better scripture? Like, unsure of sort of where I'm heading with the sermon. But this week, like, two things happened that I thought were really funny. So I picked the the topic of talking about stories and, and sort of our stories. And so I picked that on Monday and I was like, right, I'm just going to let it sit for a few days and I'll come back to it. And then one of my friends, um, he was like, hey, I have a book that I want to give you that I thought you would really like. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I always love more books. So he gave me this book and it was about stories and it was about our own personal narrative and how we sort of engage with that story. And I thought, okay, well, this is interesting that he gave me this book this week. And then on Friday, I was texting with one of my friends um, who lives in New York City and she was like, hey, I've been thinking a lot about this scripture and I kind of wanted to talk to you about it. And the scripture is Matthew 13, 10 through 13. And I was like, Okay, I literally picked Matthew 13, 13 to be the scripture for this week. And so it was just a really like, okay, so maybe this is the right thing for me to preach this week because I'm getting all these like weird signals and breadcrumbs that maybe this is the right um, topic. So, you know, just trying to like set that foundation so we all go into it being like, this is the right thing for me to preach. Um, so I just thought that was really interesting. And, and part of the reason why I chose stories as the thing to talk about this week is because I was just thinking about how powerful stories are in our lives. Um, that anytime you hear someone speaking about any sort of topic, if they engage that topic with you by sharing a story, it always makes it more impactful. You're always more engaged with the material if they tell you a story or that there's a narrative that goes along with it. Um, for example, I could tell you a bunch of like random scientific facts about climate change. I could talk about rising sea levels and CO2 and global temperature, and that might interest you for a little bit. Your, your brain might be like, oh, that's interesting that these things are all happening. But eventually, you know, as we know, our brains are really good about jumping from topic to topic. So eventually you would sort of like move on to a different topic and forget all of these really intricate facts that I might have been able to tell you. But if I were to share with you a story, for example, about farmer, coffee farmers in Guatemala who, due to rising global temperatures, their crops are being infested by a fungus that can only um, sort of exist in the warmer temperatures that haven't normally existed in Guatemala. And as a result, up to 85% of their crops are being destroyed, and a lot of these people are losing their farms, their homes, they're going deeper into poverty. And I can even tell you a more specific story about Carlos, whose entire farm was devastated by this fungus, and as a result, his family had to move to Mexico, where they currently live in deep poverty and are struggling day to day to survive, all because global warming has caused temperatures to rise, which has caused this fungus to destroy his crops and his livelihood. And if I told you that story, then all of a sudden I might be talking to your heart instead of your brain. And when our hearts get involved with the things that we think about, we're more likely to engage with them, to connect with them. And so you may not remember that global temperatures are up two degrees Celsius over the last 30 years, or that sea levels are rising you know, a couple feet each year, which is gonna have devastating impact. 
But you might remember the story about Carlos and how he lost his farm because of climate change. And that's really the true power that story has for us as we engage materials, as we think about things that are happening in our world. Stories are the ways in which we can better think about these things. And Jesus knew how powerful stories were. And so the scripture that I chose today is Matthew 13, 13, which I know is only one uh, verse, but the whole surrounding story of it is interesting. And so it basically follows Jesus spending a whole day using parables, using stories to teach the people around him the things that he wanted to teach them. And eventually when they're alone, the disciples look at Jesus and they, they say, why do you keep using parables to teach everyone? And Jesus' response in verse 13 is, he says, I use parables when I speak to the people because they look but don't see and they listen but do not hear or understand. And the way that I've always understood this verse, because I've heard people talk about it and they're like, why is Jesus talking about people not understanding? Like, shouldn't he want them to understand or shouldn't he want them to see? And I think what Jesus is saying in this passage is that the, the people, the Israelites, the Jews, already had a lot of lists of rules. They had a lot of commandments that they were called to follow. They had, a, like, things that they could, like, look at as, like, oh, this is the specific rule I'm supposed to follow. And this is the specific thing that I'm supposed to do. And what Jesus is saying is that they were looking at those rules and they weren't seeing. They were hearing those rules and they weren't understanding them. And so... Jesus decides that he's going to take these rules and these ethics and these morals that the Jews are called to live by. He's going to teach them not by saying memorize these 645 different rules, but he's going to say, I'm going to share a story with you. And this story is going to show how this moral, ethical rule should be lived out in real life. And... This is really like basic educational theory. So my undergrad was, is to be a teacher. And so I always like to like dip into like psychology and educational theory. And one of the things that they teach you is that rote memorization is the worst way for people to learn. So if you are teaching someone about an event that happened and you're like, remember the date, remember the people who were involved, remember exactly what happened that they're never going to actually learn that material. But when you get your students to actually engage with the material, when you get them to struggle with it, to critically think about it, that's when real learning starts to happen. And the same is true with our faith. That if I were to stand up here and say, these are the 15 things that you have to believe, you're not going to take those in and actually believe them. Because just because I told you to or because I said this is the list that you have to memorize in order to have the right kinds of beliefs about God. But if you engage the material, if you struggle with it, if you wrestle with it, if you actually think about it and then you come to that belief on your own, that all of a sudden becomes an actual belief of yours. And so Jesus is saying the same thing. That if he just sits there every time he talks to people and says, this is exactly what you have to believe, those aren't going to become deeply held, connected beliefs for those people. But if he tells you a story that's a little bit confusing, that's not super easy to understand, and you wrestle with that story, and then you come to the conclusion that, like, oh, this story is teaching me this, 
then all of a sudden that becomes an actual belief that you hold on to because you came to it on your own and you struggled with it and you used a story to help you understand that piece of information. And so Jesus, as a result, wanted to surround his followers with stories. He wanted them to engage these parables as a way to learn the ways in which God was calling them to live. And these stories had the potential to help them grow. And so that's what Jesus wanted to do. And if we really sort of step back and look at our lives, we are also surrounded constantly by stories that have the potential to help us grow. We have the stories that we tell ourselves um, because we all have a story. We all have an individual personal narrative that has um, included our thoughts, our experiences, the way in which we've lived our lives in the past. We have a history, we have interactions, we sort of have all of these things that weave themselves together to form our story. And this story is always going to influence us. It's going to influence the way we view the world, the way we think, the types of decisions we make are always going to be affected by our story, whether we're conscious of our story or not. And so it's super important for us to be aware of what our story is, because it's powerful and it's going to influence us whether we know it or not. And one of the things that I really find interesting about sort of these personal narratives that we have is even though these are our stories that we have lived and experienced, there are still multiple ways for us to interpret our own stories. And the ways in which we interpret our own stories are, again, going to affect the way in which these stories impact us in our everyday lives. For example, let's imagine that you had just gotten done running a marathon. I know for some of us that might be hard. I would never do a marathon. But like, let's imagine that you just like finished running a marathon, whether you're a runner or not. That's your story, right? Your story in that moment is I just ran a marathon. But the way you interpret that story could be very different than someone else interpreting that story. So you might finish your marathon, you might be like, wow, like, I'm amazing. I finished a marathon. I trained super hard. I set a goal and I accomplished that goal. And that's one way that you can interpret your story. Another way that you could interpret your story was, huh, I didn't finish as fast as I wanted to. I had to take two breaks. I had to walk for a mile. Like, I'm so disappointed in myself because I didn't run the whole marathon or I didn't finish in under four hours like I had planned on doing. And so even though that story stays the same, the story is that you ran and finished a marathon, the way in which we engage that story is going to be very different. And then the way in which we engage it is going to affect how we move forward from that story. So was this something we accomplished and we're happy about? Or is this something we're really disappointed in and we didn't do good enough? And that sets us on two totally separate courses. Even though it's the same story, it's our interpretation of that story that changes the outcome. And, you know, I would always encourage us to try to interpret our own stories with grace and with compassion. Um, and not with sort of this harsh um, viewpoint that I think a lot of times the world tells us we should interpret our stories. Because not only do we have our own stories that we tell ourselves, but there are stories that others tell about us and stories that we tell about other people. And 
Those stories hold just as much power as our own stories do. I'm sure that you can imagine a time when someone told a story about you or someone interpreted your own story to you and it either had the impact of making you really joyful and confident and all these things or it tore you down and made you think that you were less than because of the way that they interpreted your story. If someone important in my life interpreted a piece of my story as one of failure, it would be really hard for me to not view that piece of my life as a failure. And in the same vein, if someone in my life interpreted my story as one of deep worth and passion and value, then even in the darkest of my times, I could say, you know what, I have value and I have worth. Because our words and stories have impact on ourselves, but also on those people around us. And I think that was one of Jesus' greatest ministries during his life was retelling people's stories for them. So he constantly throughout the Gospels retold people's narratives to them in ways that uplifted them and made them understand their value and worth. And um, I think about like the story in Luke 19 of Zacchaeus, who was this tax collector who really just wanted to like see and meet Jesus. And back in these days, tax collectors were not viewed favorably by society because they were literally going around and taking your money. And most of them were corrupt. They would often take more money than they were supposed to because they wanted to make sure they were getting paid on the side. And so Zacchaeus is like up in this tree and he's like looking at Jesus. And Jesus looks up at him. He's like, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree, take me to your home, and let's have dinner together. And the crowd is like, what? You want to have dinner with a tax collector, a sinner? Like, this guy's worthless, and this is who you're choosing to do dinner with? And Jesus is like, this guy's not worthless. Like, he still has value. He may have made mistakes, but he has the opportunity to make amends for those mistakes, which Zacchaeus does. And then Jesus is like, you are forgiven. You have found salvation. Let's go eat dinner together. Or I think about the story uh, in Mark 12 when... um, There is a woman who gives her last penny to God and to the temple. And there were people who could have looked at her story and said, oh, she only gave a penny. Like, what good is a penny when it comes to what God needs? And Jesus looks at this woman and her story and he says, she gave everything, which means that she gave more than anyone else has ever given because she gave everything. And so society has one narrative about our stories. Other people have one narrative about our stories. And then Jesus has a different narrative about who we are and what we're doing. And um, Jesus always reinterprets people's stories through the lens of grace and love and kindness and inclusion and compassion. And we have the same power and the same ability to do this, not only with our own stories, but with the stories of those who are around us. We can interpret people's stories for good or for ill, and I believe that God is calling us always to interpret those stories for good. Interpreting people's narratives in a way that gives them worth and value, that offers them redemption and restoration. Because God also has stories about us. All we have to do is read any random passage in the Bible, and we're going to see that there is a story about us that God is trying to tell. And that story always centers itself on the fact that we're created in the image of God, that we have worth and value, that we are capable, that we have potential, and that we are filled and created in love. And so... 
This also means that if this is the story that God has about humanity, that means that we are good and capable and full of worth. And that means that our neighbors are good and capable and full of worth. And so this is the story that we are called to tell about ourselves and about others. It's the lens in which God wants us to view this world and to view the stories and narratives and lives that we engage with every day. Because as we have already found out, stories are powerful and they can change us for the better. Will you pray with me? God of story, you who created us in your image, we are again grateful for you, for the fact that you retell our stories over and over in ways that bring us restoration, in ways that allow us to see ourselves as full of worth, as having value, and as being people of love and compassion. I pray that you move us as individuals and as a community in a direction where we view our own stories as ones of grace and compassion, and that we do the same for our neighbors, for our families, for our friends, for our enemies, and for our partners, God, that we just live into a story that Jesus would tell, which is one of inclusion and radical love. And so we pray for all of these things in your holy name. Amen.